Okay, now it's like time when this happens. Okay. You know, uh, you know what? Something uh, wrong, went wrong with the equipment. So we have to repeat everything basically because, you know, something here was wrong. Okay, okay. So, so, everything, so nothing so was heard? No, nothing was heard, you know, was very, uh, okay? So, let's, so that's, so let's, that's, 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 okay, so now I, have to th okay. now I have to think about whether I should have said what I said. <laughs> Okay, no, so it's it's from Nissim because my mistake. I, 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 There's no such thing as a mistake. Okay, okay. it's a mistake. It's a pressure. <laughs> <laughs> There's no such thing as a mistake. Okay. You know, everything that. There's yes. nothing to talk about. Anyways, so as we were saying when you weren't listening, <laughs> I want to talk tonight about pressure in school, okay, and what to do about it. Pressure, pressure in life. You know, but you know what? Pressure in life. Okay, I don't. I I don't know if I have the answers for parents who have pressure and parental pressure, and I don't know if kids need to hear parents' pressures. No, but, no. Okay, but, no, no. I'm talking about pressure in life for kids. You know, right? not on school. No, could be that kids that get pressure from the parents, right? Kids get pressure from friends. Right. It's, it's, it's from uh, from the teacher. Pressure comes from every like, single area, and the question is: news also, you know, what to do about yes. it, and and how to and how to deal with anxiety, and how to deal, how to understand anxiety. So anxiety is really when a person, if you want to think about what anxiety is, a person reaches a wall, and they think. They don't have anywhere to go. They think they can't go right, and they think they can't go left. And this causes them to decide, I can either go straight, it's going to be a problem, so they run away. And that's what anxiety is. That you run away, in your mind, you just shut down. You can't do anything. Okay? We have a call. Let's take a call. Hi, you're on the air. Hi, you're on the air. Laser Tzadik, how are you, my friend? Baruch Hashem. I also wish, also wish to talk about topic how to talk appropriately to people sometimes. Some people have a hard time not talking nice. That's true. That's true. But because you know what? Number one is even, I'm just saying, if people have to always be careful. That's right. And I think that the way to I, deal I, with... one time I walk in the street, so I see somebody saying something not nice. So guys, I ask I told her, she tells me, oh, we have to talk, because that's how I go to stand, so I have to talk, I have to tell them that, not, not, not appropriate word, that's how you're going to stand. I think that the way to teach people to talk nice is to talk nice. I know that, but it doesn't mean, if, it doesn't mean you're a yid, you can say, because he's going to stand, you know what I mean? I hear what you're saying, 100%, thank you, good point, good point, you had a good that's week? Nice. Yeah, very good week. Baruch Hashem, you sound calm. Okay, Lazy, thanks right, for starting thank my show. You're tzaddik. Okay. Thank you. Be well. Be well. Bye-bye. Hi, you're on the air. Huh? Hi. How are you? Um, yes. um, are you... My mother said that you're allowed to try to be, like, learn more. For sure. Um, like, try to be smarter if other people are smart and you feel like you could be smart. Sure. By, so are you able to also do the by math, like like try to learn more math? For like sure. Try to be smarter at math? For sure. You can be, try and be smarter at everything. But, but, and you could be, and you could be, and you can strengthen your, your, your knowledge and everything. But in learning Torah, there's a special siyatah dishmaya, there's a special siyata dishmaya that Hashem gives us extra, extra uh, ability to grow in learning. But for sure, a person could do this in every subject. You have experts that learn things very well. But only in Torah, Avishtha gives you siyata dishmaya. I've seen some miraculous cases where people really turned around their whole life in learning, in learning, Okay. Okay, that's a great point. But I have to point out to you while we're talking about it, under pressure is really not a way that it happens very easily. If a person feels that they have to be pressured, then that's not how it goes. A person has to learn with nahas. They have to learn 
calmly and they have to take it in slowly and that's how a person grows in learning. Okay? Thank you. Thank you. Have a good night. Okay, so I think that I think the other thing is that tests, too many tests, that loses the whole objective of what a kid's learning, especially in seventh and eighth grade. They give too many tests. So then it gets to the point where the kid is is so nervous about the test and then they don't they don't get the real essence of what the learning is. And I used to be very, very careful that Rebbeim should not give so many tests. And also that you give a test to a kid, you make sure that the kids are well prepared and they're able to do it. And you give them all the abilities to perform well on the test. Because when a kid performs well on a test, he feels very good. But to pressure them and to pressure them it doesn't work. And I see some of the best kids breaking down and it's 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 asun. It's wrong. It's wrong. What what about uh, the question that uh, a lot of uh, teachers say, you know, uh, that you don't give time to, uh, uh, you know, if, if you're giving a lot of tests so the kids doesn't do, uh, you know, other stupid stuff, you know. So uh, that's an interesting thought. If a kid, if you have to give tests to prevent the kid from doing stupid stuff, that's a problem. Kids shouldn't be doing stupid stuff because kids shouldn't be doing stupid stuff. And they shouldn't want to do stupid stuff. And we have to work on teaching them not to do stupid stuff, not occupying them. You know, there are so many good things that kids could do also. If a kid is going to be going to do stupid stuff when they're not learning, there's a problem because there's stupid stuff involved. And the, the truth is, the truth is that that's the way to eliminate bad things is not by preoccupying the kid. It's by working with the kid that the kid should grow and realize what's good and what's bad. hundred uh, percent. So we'll take a call. Okay. Okay. Hi, you're on the air. Hi. How you doing? Good. What's on your mind? Um, um, my teacher, we, whenever she wants, whenever she comes in, she, um, um, she only has control on the class. She what? I'm sorry. Control on the class. She 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 does have control, or she doesn't. She doesn't. She doesn't. She all the time. She just has a sign, like he. So so she tries to control the class by giving assignments and yeah. by giving tests. Yeah. And it doesn't work. No. No, it doesn't. In your opinion, first of all, do you mind if I ask how old you are? Eight. Eight. Okay. So you sound, you sound like a pretty smart kid for an eight-year-old. So I'm going to ask you a question. In your opinion... If you had to give advice to this teacher on how to control the class, what would you recommend that she do? I don't know. Think about it. Well, you, you're telling me what she shouldn't do, right? Yeah. And why do you think the kids are out of control? She just doesn't have the control. So have you had teachers that have had control? What? Have you ever had a teacher that had control? Yeah, my Hebrew teacher. Okay, and what does your Hebrew teacher do to get control? Oh, she just like she she was just uh, like working for like the, the since the school starts she got like more and more control. But she just like came in. Ah, but but what? But could you show me a difference in approach from the Hebrew teacher to the English teacher? And my Hebrew teacher a lot of times also when we like um, color on the board or something, it's right, I will not color on the board 50 times. Uh-huh. So the Hebrew teacher also has some control issues. She she has control just a lot of times it's assignments also. Uh-huh. So 
the so but you didn't but you don't seem to be bothered by the Hebrew teacher. No. Why not? She has control. Because she has control. Okay. It's so, like we're just more scared of her. Ah, you're more scared of the Hebrew teacher? Because she's working much more and like she knows how to handle the class. I just can't explain what she knows how to handle it. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. So I think that I don't have enough information to really understand what's going on. I could tell you, though, that when a class is out of control, it's very easy to blame the teacher. And I'm not going to do that in this situation. I could tell you that... There's a ton of girls just because it's like dumb. But I could tell you, if, if your mother would make a beautiful dinner, right? A Shabbos yeah. night dinner, and everybody's coming, and then nobody eats. Everybody just plays around and nobody comes down to eat anything, your mother would be frustrated, right? Yeah. And she would get upset. I did all this work. I prepared all this food, all covered Shabbos Kaddish, and everything, and no one's eating. And everybody's just playing games. And says, I want to finish this game. I want to do so a teacher is the same thing. They prepare a lesson. They come in. They do what they have to do. They want to teach kids. This is what they're doing. There are other things she, they could be doing. She, she knows how to do it. She just doesn't want to do it. She doesn't want to do it, or maybe she... Yeah, once when the kids came, she, she stopped the assignment. Uh, well, next day, I'll give you a assignment. Uh, I think that she's having a hard time. I think the kids should say, we want to do the right thing, and we should try and behave. I think that if the kids would decide that we're going to behave a little bit, then I think that it might be it, it might help. You think so? Yeah. Okay. Well, just girls don't want to like listen. Well, I think that next year you'll have a different teacher, and you'll see that the rule is: if the kids want to behave, then they're going to behave. And the teacher, some teachers, if kids don't want to have control. Don't, 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 aren't able to get control, then it's a big problem. It's very frustrating for a teacher. And I think kids need to think about what the teacher goes through a little bit. All right? It's really what they go through because um, they do assignments. <laughs> well, then if they don't want assignments, then they should behave. It's kind of like, see, the bottom line is kids need to behave. That's what they need to do. That's just the rule, Okay. And it's better for them if they behave. They want me to understand when they don't behave and blame the teacher. I don't know if that's such a good idea. Okay? Everybody's talking bad. And only the girls that are talking bad is the girls who don't behave. I'm sorry. I, didn't, I did not understand what you said. Girls are talking bad. Every time she gives assignments, only when her kids come. Now she not gives assignments. Those are the girls who don't behave. Right, but the thing is like this. She has to do something to get them to behave. I think I think we understand each other, though, okay? Thank you for calling. Hello. All right? Okay. Okay, bye-bye. Hi, you're on the air. Hello? How are you? Good. Um, so, so um, we just have, like, like, our school does, like, a huge test. Yeah. Like, for the, like on the whole Boratius. Wow. So, so we, so we just took that, and I'm, I'm like, and I'm like very nervous because I tried harder, like I'm scared, and and also we have like a lot of tests. So let me ask you something: if you would, if you would evaluate yourself, okay, as a kid, are you a good kid? I don't know. Well, think about it. Do you do bad things? Sometimes. Okay. I love that. You just proved to me that you're a good kid. You just proved to me you're a good kid because a good kid's honest. If you would ask me, am I a good guy? I'd say sometimes. sometimes. I try, okay? You just locked it up. Perfect. You try hard, and you sometimes, sometimes you make mistakes. That is a human being, lock, stock, and barrel. So I have you on the phone for less than 33 seconds, and I can tell you you're a good kid. All right? But sometimes, like, there's a lot of tests, and they try hard, but they don't get bad marks. So bad marks are just that. They're bad marks. That means on that piece of paper, on those questions, you did not answer correctly. That's all it means. So if your whole life is going to be summed up by those 10, 20 questions, then you're right. 
then you're a failure. But your life is not summed up by 10, 20 questions. 10, 20 questions are just questions on something. There are a million and one things that have effect on whether you get that or not. There are so many things that affect whether a kid's able to learn or not. And sometimes things at home, sometimes worries in school. Who knows what? Yeah, but like sometimes, like because I have a lot of homework and I studied for the test for a long time, and then I really feel upset when I get a bad mark. But first of all, I, I understand feeling upset when you get a bad mark, but don't get too upset because it's only okay. a test. It's only a test. It's not like a blood test. You fail it, you're in trouble. It's just a test. And it's just this teacher's way of, of measuring you. I, in my first year and doctorate school, okay, now I was a issue boy. I never went to college beforehand. And I got into doctorate school. And I'm sitting in a room with people that were in college already for five, six years. And I, this was my first experience. I was very, 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 very nervous. Because I felt like I know nothing compared to these people. And I took it, my first test. It was in counseling psychology. I took it. And the professor, who was like this hootie do, really, really big professor, she went to Yale and she went to Harvard. And she's a very, very smart lady. She said to me, Simka, because that's what you call me. She said, I want to have coffee with you. So I was, I was going bananas. I was so scared out of my wits. Why does this professor pick me, the only from guy in the school, because he wants to have coffee with me? I didn't know what I was in for. So we go, we sit, we have coffee for 20 minutes, a half hour, and she's talking to me about the class, about this, about that. I didn't know what, what was going on. After a half hour, she tells me, Simka, you just got 100 on your exam. I said, what do you mean? She said, I asked you every question that I gave on the exam and you got them all right. I said, okay. And then she showed me my written paper. And you know what I got on my written paper? No. 40. <laughs> 40. She said, you don't know how to take a written test. She goes, this isn't Talmud where you have to like this and that. She goes, I ask questions straightforward, answer it just as it is. It took me a long time to figure that out. But yeah, yeah, but my teachers don't don't ask me to say it. So I think that they think that if you know it outside, I think that you have to find a way of showing your teachers that you know it outside. And this is something that you have to tell your teachers. You know what? I do know the Gemara. I could say it to you. I could learn it with you. I could I could give it over to you. I'm just not good. In writing, I'm just not good in writing. This is something. Show them, show them. I, 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 this is, this is very, you know, this is very, very important. Okay, and and you know what? This is, everybody has their own way of showing, of of of, of figuring things out. I cannot hear things. I I cannot. I'm sorry. I cannot. I read something. I don't. I don't pick it up so well. I, I I hear it. I pick it up a little bit. You know when I learn the best? When I say it over. So if I have a Rebbe who only talks, which I had one or two, I was, a, I was on a picnic. I wasn't in class. He's talking. Third sentence, I'm already on a jet plane flying to Tahiti. I don't know where I was going. But I wasn't in the classroom. Yeah, but it's not like I'm daydreaming. So I'm explaining to you. So you're 10, 20 steps ahead of me. I was daydreaming. The Revy started looking like 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 a like a coconut. So but the thing is, so I knew that I had to say it over. I learned that that was my way of learning. So you're fine. Okay. You learn you, you say it over, and as long as you know you know it, you'll be fine. Okay? Okay, thank you. My pleasure. Be well. You know what? Hatzlach. Okay, bye. Bye. You know, I love these kids because <coughs> show how much, how smart they are. Yeah. You know, see, we're talking about your history, about university. I'm talking about myself as 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 a student in the, in the elementary. Right. 
I really was bad. You know, I really was, you know. No, that's a, I, no such thing. No, you know, and it, it's according to the scale of the teacher. Sometimes, first of all, I don't say that many, many times, you know, people that stand in front of the blackboard uh, are not, don't understand. They have their own issue, you know. <laughs> I, 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 they have own issue. And many times, they, you know, we have, like, we build ourselves between 100% kids, you know, you have the 90% kids that average, you know, that fit the box of the system. And you have the 5% up and the 5% down. I think it's much more than that. I think it's, they made the box so small that I think it's 30% up and 30% down. Yes. Okay. So it could be, you know, but I'm telling you also what happened. So kids that it's up or down, that find themselves out of the box, they don't find themselves in the system. The system that every teacher has his own way of, I would say, accepting the kids. Some kids you like, maybe because the parents, maybe their parents, maybe the chemistry, maybe the kids is a little bit, uh, you know, quite fitting their box. So what happened? Kids like, uh, I don't know, a little bit creative, a little bit, you know, with imagination, with something like maybe even difficulty, cannot fit it. And it find himself loose, find himself loose, uh, loose. And I'm telling you, I had three. One teacher sent me three times to do the examine of the CIQ. You know, mm. three times, and she claimed that I copied. And <laughs> it's possible, you know. It's really the, the 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 examiner said it's no way that you can copy you CIQ. Can't, can't, uh, uh, it's not. It's not, not possible. You know, explain what the CIQ is. The CIQ test, you can't copy. It's, it's, can't, it's, it's it, and she claimed that I can, I, I'm not, I, I cannot, she cannot accept the, the result. And it, it was so, you know. And, and you such know, teachers, we say Hazita. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, Hazita, Hazita, but she make my life miserable as, as, as you know. Uh, and I, I'm telling you. I taught 11th grade Hebrew language in Torah Vedat. And I was teaching the class that the, the other class. And when my kids did better on the regions than they ever did, somebody, and I can say who, because I don't want to say this somebody called me in and said, you cheated for them. I said, I, I did it. Like, it's such an accusation. He goes, it's not shy that this group of lo yotzlach should do so well. So I said, but... But the fact is, so what was my approach? My approach was to, 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 to give them to give them confidence, whatever it was, the big difference. But but the thing is the thing is that, you know, when I was I was when I was in Yeshiva thirty years ago in Israel, Rav Chaim Kanyevsky, who was the young son of the Stipler Gaon, was writing Sifrei Halacha. It's like it's like a a kitzur and the briskers were making fun of him, and they were saying, "Eh, the son of the stipler is writing halachas for him because he doesn't know how to learn." This is what they were saying, and they used to. They, I'm not talking about halila, the real briskers. No, no one. Talking about the guys that go learn in Brisk of America that think that they're yeah. real Schwitzers. So they were they, they were they were making fun of him because how ridiculous. What is what is, what a silly, silly statement. But the fact is that he has his mahalach. That's his mahalach in in, in everything. But but people like when people fit into their criteria. It's that's a, that that that's but Hashem doesn't run the world that way, and and Hashem that's not the way He treats us, and it's not the way He looks at us, and we we have to we have to look at people the same way, and uh, you know, just even world, I I I got used to my father Allah Shalom, my mother taught me. To get used to complimenting people. You see somebody, you see something, 
And it could be a Yehudi, an Eno Yehudi, it could be someone who doesn't make a difference who it is. And if something happens, I walked into this place today, someone did something so nice for me, so random, so nice, and she she did me a favor. And on my way out, I looked at her and I said, you know something? I said, you're a blessed person because here I am, a stranger. I walked into this facility. You sit behind the desk and you went out of your way to help me. And you did a good thing for me. I said, that means that you have blessing. And she she said that no one ever told her that. No one ever told her that. And she said, she thought about it. She said, you know what? I do try and do nice things. And the fact is, when people get used to saying nice things to people, it changes the whole surah of the world. It changes the whole the whole way the world is. You want to read the test? The, the text? <laughs> Not test. I, I, <laughs> we I, got I, in a test. <laughs> okay, one second. Let me refresh. What message do the parents give to their kids that their test mark is priority I'm, or that amidot are priority? Okay. okay, this is the, what I, message I, parents give to their kids that the test mark is priority, is a priority. I think that test marks are not the priority at all. I think that the trying and being invested is a priority. I think that you want your kids to look to achieve and look to do well, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day. Some of the smartest kids who do the best are really, really not you know what, uh, me this. Uh, you know, I want no, no, but again, it's we're talking at examine test, and what is mean examine the test? It's it's a, you know, it's like a poll. You ask me, and what you want to what, you want what what you want to hear. You understand? Right. This is the many times we are we are make, uh, confusing ourselves with real tests. And with knowledge, and I would say that I really pre- first of all, midot is above all. Number number one is midot. It's no question for sure. No, there's no and, question. And, and you know what? You just put into my head something I want to say. The only one who really gives tests in life is Rebbeinu Shalom, yeah. and the tests that he gives are tests in midot. Yes, this is no question. Midot is number one, but I would say knowledge is important. Very important, but you know, man, I, I want to tell you, you said about you, your, your professor in the university that called you and she asked you the you know, oral, oral test because she felt that somehow you cannot express yourself in, in, the, in, a, in an exam, you know. And I'm telling you, up today, up today, my, my I would say, uh, my, uh, my handwriting and my, uh, I would say, writing, it's disaster. Doesn't matter if it's in Hebrew, if it's in English, you know. I I I have I have dyslexia on on writing. I can read with a photography. But you don't have it when it comes to designing houses and building no, houses. No, yes, no. Okay, that's you know. My my, my I, I know my my ability. I know what my skill because I know I know I can see three dimensional right. on a piece of paper, right. but by drawing for 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 square and I got the room. I don't need to do, do all this kind of that. Um, but that's but, why the unidimensional letter is a problem. For yeah, you. It, you know, I tell you, I can write a letter. Uh, the, I can write the word, the first word, and the second word will be the tense word that for my sentence. You know, this is the, the problem. Well, so when I have to read loud, when I used to, you know, when I, as a kid, when I used to, the, the teacher used to go stand up and read. You know, they give me the 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 the, the, the book and I start reading. And what happened? A word from the twenty sentence just jumping. I was starting <laughs> reading, and it's like it's, it's look like mishkabab. And in the meantime, I finished the page with my my eyes. You understand what right. I'm saying? So if I take the page here and shmamus shabni, and it's going to here, and all is coming mishkabab, and everybody make fun about it, you know. So. Nobody knew. Nobody knew how to to deal with this. Right. Uh, but this is something that I learned later. You know, I'm talking about 50 years ago. It's it wasn't wasn't like today that you have right. all this spatial stuff and I, I don't know. But you know, it shows you. And all the kids that was the brilliant kids in the class, 
and the, 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 you know, the, the, the favorite of the teacher. What are you doing today? Mm. What are you doing today? Can I tell you something? I, I, there's a story. I was witness to the story. There's a, there is, he's, he's long gone. The world's greatest brain surgeon was a man named Dr. Fred Epstein. Anybody can Google him. He was, he invented more methods of pediatric brain surgery than anybody else. He was the biggest mumche. I knew somebody who was diagnosed with a brain tumor in Brookdale Hospital. The doctor that diagnosed in Brookdale Hospital was such a zlob. He was <laughs> such a, such a, uh, 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 he walked in, you thought that he was maybe coming to clean the room. And he was sitting there in the, one of the worst at the time, 40 years ago, one of the worst hospitals. And he looked at it, he said, uh, you know, he, he, he looked at it and he gave a diagnosis. Of course, they transferred the case to Dr. Fred Epstein. Dr. Fred Epstein gets the scan on his desk. He doesn't even open the envelope. And he says, I don't even have to look at this film because I know that this diagnosis is the best diagnosis that there is out there. So I said, what do you mean? This guy is, 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 is a loser. He's in Brookdale Hospital. He says he is not a loser. He was the brightest, smartest guy in my class. He graduated with Fred Epstein in the same class. He graduated 20 spaces ahead. He said, but he, all he knew to do was to know the knowledge. He didn't have me, Dot. He didn't have the ability to relate, the ability to understand. He said he knows how to read pictures, not how to deal with people. He was 20 steps ahead of him. He said, I don't even have to look at the pictures to know that it's the best diagnosis. He goes, now, when he looked at the scan, he looked at it one way. The other guy looked at it like he was reading a book. So, getting back to the question, test marks are somewhat important, but any teacher, any Rebbe that grades a test so, so, so carefully on, on, pin, on pinpoints is also making a mistake. you got to give the kids some leeway and get the kids motivated to to learn you know the knowledge is so important you know that and ashkafa it's be, be, you know people you know kids what happened you're teaching them to learn to the test right unfortunately just what the what the teacher gave it, you the material it, go it, take a note and if the teacher say it makes Abba, it a subject Ima, Saba, Sabta, you have to say exactly repeat this and this is exactly the opposite of a Jewish, of the Yiddishkeit. Right. It's op- the whole idea of Yiddishkeit. You know, you know, if you go to a Muslim school, you know, Islam schools, and I, I have been, I've been experienced on this. I have. You go to, you go, you go to the Islam schools, and the, the muallim is, you know, the teacher is hanging on the face, and he said like this. Alif Alif If he, the kids, if the kids will just go out of his uh, line, it will get punched. You know, right. this is the way not to teach the kids to think. You know, right. the, 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 the Jewish kids are so smart and they have a question, and these are just full. You know, let them explore and working with this. You know, but stimulate. The brain, and there's a beauty you can see mechanchim on that. The the real good mechanchim that is basically chanoch anar al pidoko. Just let him let him follow the way. Let him let him explore, because when we're talking about different and religious, and we're talking about here the kids, our kids facing here in Brooklyn, New York, in all America, so many different way of temptation go to this right. religious go to this and this has promised you the heaven this promises the 70 and everybody you know and the kids confuse right if, but if when we teach them that they really that they to knows what is all about to be jewish to knows what is exploring the the, the way this is what they do so what is it all about being jewish you know what a kid needs to know all exactly. about being yes. jewish that it's about love it's about care it's about concern. 
I've had so many kids. I had a 17-year-old kid who remembered his sixth grade Rebbe and how nice he was to him. And this image he kept, the guy was so nice. And, 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 and so he kept this image in his head till he was 17 years old. I remember, I remember Rebbeim that were so nice to me. I remember those that weren't. And the, the object of Chinuch and Yiddishkeit is to be nice, to care, to love, to show that you care. When you show that you care, and you have to really care. If you, person, not everybody's able to care. Not everybody has that type of heart. I'm not blaming people that can. But if you, Hashem gave you that heart, then you belong in Chinuch. And the truth is, the truth is that that's that's the only that's the only way. That's Shevet Levi. Shevet Levi. What what drew Shevet Levi to say Mila Shem Eli? When, when, when Moshe Rabbeinu said, Mila Shem Eli, do you think that they had a board meeting? Do you think that they went and they sat through classes for training? It was their impulse. If a Rebbe has an impulse to care, a teacher has an impulse to care, the Mechanachim that we have, that's that's what to do. That's that's where it comes from. If, if a Rebbe has to work on caring, the more has to work on caring, then a lot of times it's just not, it's, it may not be the best thing. For, it's frustrating for the teacher and frustrating for the kids. If you can't do it, then... And kids will sometimes misbehave. Kids will sometimes frustrate. That's the way it goes. Okay, we got a call. How are you on the air? Hi, my name is Rizky, and I have a teacher who's really disgusting and kicks, kicks kids out for no reason. And for once, she's like writing on the board and she's like, hey, Rizky, I know it was you. And she accuses everybody. How do I learn to like like her class? I don't, how do I know to like her? Like, So, 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 I, first of all, no one says you have to like every teacher. And you're not going to like every teacher. Not every teacher is going to click with everybody. And there are going to be some teachers that do re- things that are really, 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 really questionable and, and not good. So the question is whether... You, what you do about it and what what you take from it. If you think that you have to like the teacher, you make a mistake. You have to perform according to what the teacher wants because that's the way school goes. But at the end of the day, if you don't, if the teacher is not nice to you and don't, you don't connect, so you, that guy you just have them for like a year. It's it's you know you move on and you survive. Teachers are not at the beginning and the end. There will be some teachers. Good teachers could be the most important thing in your life. Bad teachers will never be the most important thing in your life. They will right. never be the most important thing. In your life. Let me ask you: You are the you are, you are a good boy. Me? No, no. I'm talking about the. the this is a girl. Rifki. The girl. Oh, you're, you're a good girl. What? Are you a good girl? Do you behave in class? We all try to, and then sometimes we just like kick kids out for like no reason. Like, why should they hate? But we really try to. Well, so I, I, I just want to say something. I, I want to say something. I am not an advocate of kicking kids out of class because that means that there, I entertain the, the, the idea that there's an in and out. You're in my class regardless. Okay. The behavior needs to leave the classroom. So get rid of the behavior, but you're in my class. Kicking kids out of class creates a rejection that is never pleasant and I don't think ever has any productivity. So if a teacher is kicking kids out of class, then the teacher is clearly highly frustrated. And you know what? And, and, and I'm sure that if the class is misbehaving, everybody goes with the flow. It's not misbehaving. One girl turns around, out. Okay, um, okay but uh, let me let me just you know I I I don't you know we have all the, the issue but let me ask you something what happened if you would stand in front of thirty girls that just complain? Would you would you be able to handle it if you prepared yeah. a class and you were in front of class and the girls weren't listening? If I were not listening, it would be we would behave. So. I have an answer to that question, Nisi. Okay. If I can't get the kids to listen to me, and I don't know how to do that, then I'm in the wrong profession. Okay. Okay. So, in other words, the bottom line is, if if 
I, I, I know a guy, if, if he can't get the kids to listen, then he shouldn't be teaching or she shouldn't be teaching. The whole trick of teaching is to be able to get that little magic in that little pixie dust, to be able to mesmerize the kids and get their interest and, and, and pick them up and get into their brains and get into their hearts and get them excited. That's the whole magic of teaching. And if you don't, if you can't do it, then, then you know what? Or if you once did it and kids changed and you can't do it anymore, there's nothing wrong with moving on to a different vocation. There are other things to do. There are other things okay, to thank do. thank you. Okay, thanks for calling. Yeah, you're 100% right about this. You know, you know, you know my, uh, this, but sometimes many kids feel that the, the teacher oblig, obligate to them, you know, and, you know, taking uh, advantage about this. So I know that most of the kids, kids understand it and they were very sensitive. And unfortunately, it's, it's, yeah, what you say, it takes two to ten tango. Right. <laughs> right, it takes two to tango. Yeah. But uh, the bottom line is that, that teaching is a very hard job. It is a hard job. Nowadays, it's even a harder job. Yeah. And... It's not the kids' problem, teachers. But I said it once, I'm going to say it again. We've never had collectively better mechanchim than we have today. We've never had schools that are on top of the rebbeim and working with the teachers like we've had today. Of course we have problems. Everybody has problems. But the yeshivot, by and large, are all working so hard. The rebbeim, I know, in the yeshivot that I'm familiar with, in my kids' school, Chavetz Chaim, each maybe each one is 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 special in their own way and how they work with the kids, and it's it's an unbelievable thing. It's it's tremendously difficult, and it's very frustrating. But but we we have problems. But the bottom line is, kids need to feel love and they need to feel accepted. And they need to feel like they're important. You know, on the in Balchuva show was today uh, Doctor Wickler, and he, he spoke about a case of a kid that basically was off the derech, and his uh, parents was in shock, and basically the mother and all the sibling around him uh, didn't want to accept him. The only one that kept him together is what the father. Wow. And after three years, after three years, the kids become Baal Shuvah and he become rabbi. Wow. It's amazing, you know. But, you know, this is the lesson for all of us. So I had a father say something to a kid. He said, I'd rather you say, not that you're off the derech, you're on a different derech right now. Says, but make it a derech. Make it a derech. You want to say that? So find, as long as you have a derech, make it a derech. Now most of these kids are not anti; they don't hate. They just don't have a place in the derech. So make it. So one kid says, "Okay," and this is a kid who was very, very. He had a lot of interest in engineering, so he started learning hilchot shabbat, and he started thinking about different ways of making machshirim to do things on Shabbat. Now, he's not the guy that opened the kosher switch. He's <laughs> not the guy. But he used his derech to do something. Okay? When I was in Israel, so I was, I had shpilkes, I had ants in my pants. So I used to, whenever the cook wanted to take a day off, she had a doctor's appointment, she used to whisper in my ear if I could cook. And I used to go down and I used to cook for the yeshiva. And I didn't let anybody know. I used to close the kitchen. till like, I did it like maybe five, six, seven times. Till one of the rebbeim whispered to me, by the way, the schnitzel was delicious today. I said, how do you know? He goes, we're not stupid. We see every time you're not at first Seder, the food's good. We figured it out. I, I had to have something good. There are good ways of being different also. There are good ways also. No question. Okay. Hi, hi, you're on the air. Hello? Hi. Hi. Um, I have a question. Sure. 
Um, I'm going, I'm speaking to a therapist for something that happened in the past. And I don't want to talk to her anymore because I think I'm past that stage. So I don't know how to end it. So you should end it by saying exactly what you just said. And it's saying, this is a very, very important question. And I'm so happy you asked it. Because I am a therapist and I've terminated many, many clients. And you should know that your therapist wants you to be better and wants you to feel good and wants you to go on with your life. And that's really what the objective is. And if they're not terminating you, it's because they're afraid that, that you're not there yet. I think that you should bring up in a session how you feel. Don't worry about insulting them, okay? This is their job. The bottom line is they're paid professionals and that's their job. And you mentioned, to, you mentioned to them that this is, um, um, I think I'm ready to move on. What do you think? Now, if she gives you a valid reason, or she or he, I don't know, the valid reason why they're concerned that you should continue in therapy, then you listen and you evaluate it and you discuss it. But you can't be worried about insulting them. You can't be worried about because this is a hired professional. I, I wrote her. I wrote her a letter, like telling her that I didn't want to do it, and she said, like, if she doesn't, she doesn't think of a good reason that I should stop. So, like, why shouldn't we continue? And I feel like she doesn't listen to me. She's just like sympathetic, but it's very nice. I have friends who could do the same thing. It's not worth it. It's like I'm just wasting my time. If I'm not interested in going, well, then I don't want to go. So I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be brutally honest. She doesn't think of a good reason for you to stop. As a parent. I could tell you a good reason to stop because I'm paying for it and it costs me money and I want it to be something to help my child. If my child's not feeling help. So I always tried as a therapist to be more careful with my client's money than anything else. In other words, that if I feel that the client is able to break away and go on their own, I feel guilty taking money for that. Let me just let me. I, I, you know, that I, I'm not. Let me ask you something. How many times you saw her? Um, like probably, I don't know. I saw her probably for the past two months. Uh, so the question is, is you got you got benefit? You get you felt you felt you felt that she's helping you. No. Okay, so so this is different story now. Uh, that if you feel that if she does, if you doesn't feel that she helping you, you have to quit. Maybe maybe one thing that I would say that is a, I, I do a yellow yellow uh, light or red light that that you didn't face her uh, and instead this you send her a letter. I would say that uh, you know again I I know I don't know I I would say, I would say if if you feel that she doesn't help you. I definitely just uh, I, I don't see any improvement. If you're, if you're not able to connect enough to okay. say what you want to say. Exactly. And you don't feel that you're growing in therapy and you're not comfortable enough to say that, then I think that's enough of an indication after a few months that the connection's not there. And... I told I told her and she's like okay I really think so she told me to think about it again she so said, she may be connected me, to you she basically said she's forcing me and then I went over to my principal to ask her to stop it and she said she doesn't want to do it for me and I don't know who to ask anymore because I think you should ask your it. parents but my parents I don't have a good connection with my parents and I really don't want to talk to them okay is there is there so first of all so I want to tell you something you 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 should first of all try and seek a replacement because it sounds like you, it sounds like therapy having a therapeutic person to help you work through things is going to be a good thing for you. This may not be the right person, but you need to you need to seek a a a replacement therapist um, who will help you work on these these questions about how to approach things. But I think that you have the right to say that, that you don't want to see this person, that you're not comfortable with the person. And if the person is not respecting you, then is there anybody in the school that you could speak to that, that would that would, um, that would would listen to you on this? Well, I don't know. It could be my, like, the head principal, but he's, he's still going to think that I need to talk to somebody. 
So that's fine. I think there's nothing wrong with talking to somebody, but this isn't the right person. Yeah, but I'm already talking to somebody else. I'm talking to two people, so I you're, feel like it's ah, you're so talking hard, to somebody. Like, you're talking to somebody outside. Yeah. So then, that's that. Then, then you should mention that to your principal and say, "I don't need somebody inside. It's conflict." I would really, I, I, I really didn't like overlap therapy. I didn't, I didn't approve of it. It wasn't something that worked very well with my clients. Two therapists for one client. That's it's confusing. It's confusing. If you have your own therapist already. But uh, I think that you should tell that to the principal. Okay, sorry. Okay, thank okay. you. Okay, and I, I think part of your, I would say, uh, overcoming is be uh, more assertive, and this is. But this phone this, call this. was a very, very mature and assertive and good phone call, and I'm really glad that you made it, and I think that I think that's a big step in the right direction. I really okay. do. Thank you. You got it. Okay. Okay. Have a good night. Thanks. You too. And Dr. Robert, That's it. So you want to just answer the text over there? Yes. Okay. Someone said, you may be right that throwing children out of class is not productive, but teachers do it. However, explaining this to students is very unproductive. That should be a discussion when you are with teachers. The reason I say that is because as a professional, you are telling students that your teacher is wrong. Well, Guess what? To my friend, okay, telling children the teachers can't be wrong is a lie. And if a teacher is doing something wrong and telling a child that a teacher is beyond reproach is a bigger lie. And it's a lie that can lead to terrible, terrible, terrible disappointment. So I have no problems telling a child that a teacher is wrong and a teacher did something wrong. I have a problem telling the child how to react and how to take it in, but that a child should feel that a teacher's right and it's their fault, there's really nothing worse than that. So I don't think, I think teachers should get educated from wherever they get educated from. My job is to protect children. And it's my job to protect children who feel rejected and let them know that rejection is a teacher's issue. It's a teacher's issue. Hashem doesn't reject any of us. You know, this is so important to, to all of us to understand that it's not only teacher, any profession, any things in life. And we all mistake the biggest and answer You know, we don't, we don't understand this, you know. And you're talking about a, a, a teacher that has a, a zero experience and suddenly facing she or he we're going to be a teacher that has 20 years yes, experience. Yeah, uh, who cares? Yeah, you know, I'm, I, I, who, what is this? And, and, and what does a kid feel like if they feel that they can't say, that the teacher can never be wrong? Then the kid is trapped and the kid yes. gives up. Okay. Okay. Well, we, we are, that is it. Yes, it is. It's yeah. a wrap. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. We'll see you next week. Thank you.